Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, and you are tuned into the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's a Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal and fans of true crime podcast content. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghost, the paranormal poster boy himself, the still fairly pasty paranormal <laughs> poster boy himself mr michael carbno good to see you mike are you ready to dive into some grossness when it comes to uh, ed gein the butcher of plainfield yeah uh the butcher um the ghoul uh, the plainfield butcher uh um uh, the plainfield ghoul oh, and man. the grandfather of gore i have yeah. heard that he has been called man alive which fits because this huh. guy we've talked bad I've talked about some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. With, with uh, um, you know, Mr. Bundy and Mr. Gacy. But this yes. goes beyond horrifying. Oh, it's such a different. Uh, I it, Like you said, Mike, it's horrifying and it's grotesque. Well, extremely. And it's as far as like, you know, the Ed Gein is definitely. I hate using this term as well. Definitely not the most prolific murderer out there he confessed confessed you know to just two murders he's a suspect of potentially up to nine maybe more at least missing people are kind of um connected to mr keen suspected to be connected but man as far as notoriety and influence yeah. influence on pop culture i mean mr oh, Ed Gein, holy toledo and and movies that were inspired by this guy like psycho and we, you know, we can go into that if you want. Why, um, you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs, obvious reasons for that. Um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, yes. Um, not that he was a, a big user of the the chainsaw, I believe, but no, he did kill with like you know claw hammers and and whatever. I mean, uh, just horrifying. That's it the, it the, was it, it. Yeah, this guy is. We're going to do our best to dive into the psychosis, dive into the mind. What was making this man tick? You know, it's done. It's been done a thousand times over, but it's never been done by the paranormal zone. So, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we're not. So we're not saying it's going to be really great, but, you know. <laughs> hey, so. well, you know, let's say, you know, we ha we definitely need to preface it, though, Mike. This is our first um, first dive into uh, true crime. I mean, we have yes. covered, as you mentioned, other serial killers we have dove into a lot of we definitely have covered a lot of macabre content before particularly in our sick and twisted series 
Uh, we've covered everything back in the day as in the Ultimate Road po- as the Ultimate Road Podcast. From the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski, the Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, you you name it. And most recently, we did a Patreon special about Mr. John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown himself. We focused on the haunting, the paranormal aspect of Mr. Ted Bundy. But this is going to be our first dive into true crime. I'm looking forward to it, Mike. And, and you know, oh yeah, I need to ask you right off the bat and let's think about this why the fascination with serial killers and why the fascination with the grotesque the macabre mr ed gein among many others what what pops into your mind right away well i I mean i'd like to know it's it's immediately your doggy fascinating your doggy wants to speak up too apparently yes (laughs) Um, it's like I said, it's immediately fascinating. And if you have any, any, uh, inkling of an interest on this type of history or, or events as just a curiosity or, or what, where, what limits that the human can push as far as atrocities and, and horror that they can actually commit. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like taking a, an extremely scary movie. And taking one step further and, and learning and, and studying on things that have actually really happened. Um, you can, you can experience this stuff through learning and reading about it in the safety of your own home. You don't have to, it's not like you're there experiencing it, but you're finding out all the details and it's, it's a fascination. It's, it's a, um, like sitting in the dark, watching a scary movie, even. You okay. Know, yeah. It, it, it's you kinda, know you're it's, getting a, a fright out of it, and and uh, sure, I get it. I get it. Is is it <sighs> almost as well like we're 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 fascinated by the the abnormal? I mean, let's just oh be, sure the, yeah. the Frank. We're we're yeah. fascinated by the the capability of the human mind, the capability right. of what we how the depths of depravity that we can sink to. You know, yeah. I'd like to think of you and I as normal, Mike, and sure. so. We as we just it, it, we just cannot help wondering and trying our best to understand what makes these whacked out minds tick. Yeah, it's, it's because like the typical. We're, is it because we're we're fascinated with what we're afraid of? We, we're fascinated by the unknown. I mean, or both. I mean, yeah, so many things. And and it's like you know, like it's going to say the typical driving past a car accident and you slow down and look, I mean, it's like almost automatic. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and these things, um, knowing that they, they actually happened and, uh, uh, it's pushing yourself to the limit of how much you can, you can stand as well. How much you can take. Right. Yeah. You know, by, by learning about something like this or hearing about what was done and the depth of depravity. Yeah. You know, it, it, that, I, I was uh, thinking about mm. this when we were when we were uh, diving into the haunting of Ted Bundy, which we focused on the paranormal, the potential paranormal link to Bundy and his crimes. Uh, uh, we highly encourage you to go listen to that episode. It was it was fascinating. <laughs> no, like, lack of a better term, absolutely fascinating. And I remember coming across several articles that included quotes from surviving family members of the victims and how they are very angry with the continued uh, media 
yeah. obsession with Ted Bundy, and like, and they're oh, yeah. they're saying then, like our sisters, our our cousins, our you know uh, our daughters are dead, and his yeah. murderer is still almost almost uh, famous. Uh, oh, well, he is famous, but he's <laughs> he's know. glamorized, you know. And yeah, he, oh, and then it actually is. I mean, and and it's uh, it's um it's become such a well like ed gein and, and all these these people like this they've become a part of pop culture that people mm-hmm. people get obsessed with i mean you know i mean it's it it keeps it, it it takes away from what they actually did and more glamorizes them the people oh sure, sure. you know and yeah that's going to be terrible for uh, uh the families of the victims yeah, you know, and I, I they'll want, never get away from it. They they never will, you know, and their loved ones will never come back. And it's and I absolutely one hundred ninety five percent understand that. But I also, you know, I brought that up because I do think it's important to continue talking about people like this. I mean, mm-hmm. because we really do need to try and understand as much as we can. I mean, as impossible as it may sound, maybe maybe someday we can understand them enough that we can see the warning signs earlier right you know right. we can prevent it from happening and it, it's it is important to me and it, it's definitely not we personally are definitely not trying to continue you know the glamorization that's the only word i can think yeah. of off the top of my head right now of these it, sick yeah. bastards but it's it's well, important it's to like, continue talking about yeah like gacy um uh it, it uh um with him, there's such a prime example of of all the signs that were shown, and and it was just let go because oh he's a uh, you know you know of who he was of what he showed of, of himself like the clown the children uh, mm-hmm. visiting children in hospitals and things like that. But there are so many things that if it would have all been put together and looked at, he would he could have been put away a long time before he was. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of his you victims know, we need to learn. Some, there was a potential. There was a victim of his who went right to the cops after having an unbelievably horrifying night right. of attack under John Wayne yep. Gacy, and the cops didn't do anything about it. Yep. They're, they're basically, uh, and we're, we covered this already. We're not going to talk about more John right, exactly. Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Go check it out on our Patreon page. Actually, that's yeah. one of our uh, uh, latest exclusive episodes on the Patreon page. Over forty exclusive episodes and over two hundred posts already and we're just getting going if you enjoy the content of the podcast we know you will love the patreon content you can join up for as little as a buck a month and that's no joke i mean we really do think you will enjoy it it's we're having a blast and we'd love to see you guys there mike um without any further ado man let's let's just dive into it uh mr ed flippin Gein, the ghoul of playing field Okay, Mike. How do you want to tackle this? Do you want to uh, do you want to lay some groundwork here? Lay some basic facts. Uh, what What do you have? How would you like to go about this oh, uh, disturbing I just have my typical this... bullet notes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. Different situations. I got a little. I got a piece up here on my phone that I was kind of perusing through. Did you mean bullet points? By the way, what did I say? Bullet notes. Yep. Yeah. Eh, same thing. Same. Whichever. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Which, by the way, that was a uh, Mister um, Gein's gun of choice was a twenty-two that he decided to, yeah, supposedly 
uh, used, I should say, in disposing of, uh, deposing of his uh, victims. But Mr. Ed Gein, Mike, do you want to take this? Or you want me to handle some of these uh, well, basics? Do you want to go with like, you know, starting at the beginning, he was messed up from the beginning. And thanks yeah. to his, his loving mother. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, if you want to put a little bit of a uh, um, context there about sure what possibly started him on this path. Well, um, is, I got you know my professional notes here, right there. Uh-huh. Um, Edward Theodore Gein, born August twenty seventh, nineteen o six. Yes, nineteen o six. Passed away nineteen eighty four. Son of Augusta and George Gein, uh, Ed also had a brother, Henry, who uh, mm-hmm. ended up dying uh, mysteriously later yeah. on. We'll get to that. Right. But yeah. let's, Augusta let's, Wilhelmina Gein. Let's start with his parents. Um, yeah. Not a happy, normal childhood for Mr. Ed Gein. And I want to preface all of this by saying we are not making excuses for this no. man. What yeah, absolutely not. Whatsoever. But... Both Augusta and George had their own issues, Mike. Uh, would you say that that is a, a fair statement? Well, absolutely fair. I think what his father was a bad alcoholic and um, just uh, really not any kind of a father figure whatsoever. Well, he was physically abusive of this kid. And physically abusive, yep. Absolutely. And basically a fall-down drunk, kind of like he said. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. He was uh, employed now and then, but basically spent a lot of his time unemployed. Augusta was a domineering wife, to yeah. say. Uh, to but say a God-fearing woman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, you think? You know, yeah, well, that, you know, and she, she would uh, consistently tell her son that sex was evil. And women were the instruments of the devil. I mean, he, he was taught this from a young age. Yeah, all women except her, of course. Oh, except for her, you know. Yeah, she was the perfect loving mother. Women, all women were promiscuous or damn, damn, or downright uh, prostitutes. That's basically what she right. taught and, her kids. But, you know, in return, he loved his mother. Just, you know, like, uh, you know, the inspiration for Psycho. It was, he loved his mother. His mother, you know was everything to him. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's one of the things that he had in mind when he was doing what he did. And you, you know, I like, think it's important to point out as well that not only that did she just pound into her children's minds that, you know, you know, aside from their strict religious beliefs and actions, however you want to describe it, uh, but she also said any sort of deviant sexual thoughts is yeah. absolutely forbidden. I yep. mean, these Complete are normal evil. young, any normal young boy growing up is going to be like, hmm, I feel funny down there for some reason, you know? And yeah. and this mother beat it into their minds that, nope, you, that is evil. You cannot think that. And so right away you can think of repression that's happening to these, to these kids, particularly Ed, who, you know, just stuff that normal human feelings it's burned into his brain that those are wrong. And so that's very, very, that's very important. I think it is. But so what question I have is, yeah. Is that when, when all of this stuff was pushed into his head and it was forced upon him, but yet uh, 
his mother and father always told him to never go in the barn because that's where they slaughtered their animals and things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah. he, after school one day, he, as a young child, he went into, snuck into the barn where his mom and dad had a, a pig strung up and to butcher. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that when they gutted it and opened it up, he got sexually aroused seeing that. Yeah, with all the 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 intestines uh, being right. pulled out and disemboweled, and he found that enjoyable. So, where does this come from? I mean, is it is mm. it because of you know his mother twisting everything around and in a in a confusion? That's what he got excited about, and you know, I don't understand. I just don't, I don't understand. Either, man. I I don't. It, like you said, it's 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 almost it's almost as if you know he was trying to repress his normal natural feelings so much that they were just dying to come out in any manner whatsoever. Right. And maybe that's, maybe he had some sort of physical disgust by seeing this butchering of the hog and he was somehow excited by his own physical disgust and it kind of manifested mm-hmm. as a sexual arousal. I mean, I I'm really right. digging here, but it, well, we know, don't know any theory. <laughs> no idea. You know, nobody will ever know for sure. But I mean, um, you know, it it also points towards something like uh, everything that his mother instilled in him. There is already something that was there that was extremely twisted. Yeah, that all of this stuff that his mother did mixed in with that that was already there for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some crossed over wires in his brain or whatever it is, yeah, you know, and then uh, whatever, you know, issue that was already there was um, just mixed up with all this other stuff in it. And then that's the way it came out. I, yeah. I don't know. That's how it manifested. Yeah. Ah. So Mike, I mean, this isn't exactly important. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm going to show my ignorance here. Because I'm I'm confident in my intelligence. I'm in, I'm confident in my level of intellect. You're so, competent or confident? Confident and, and, okay. and um, you know. So I I'm I'm willing to admit when I do not know stuff. Sure. I have an idea, but I'm not certain. So I'm going to ask you. It says that his dad w- was his, uh, Ed's dad, obviously George, worked as both a carpenter and a tanner. Please, yes. I'm having a, oh, a brain malfunction here go. thinking about, I have an idea. I think I know what Tanner yeah. is, but please oh, it, pop it or please explain what a Tanner does. Um, it it uh, tans hides and there you go. Yeah. leather and things like that. It's like taking the skins from the animals and uh, uh, fixing them so they, you know, they're preserved and mm-hmm. dried out. You know, Ed it obviously learned from his father the no. art of tanning. This plays into his story later on doesn't oh, absolutely it? yeah so that's um something something to keep in you mind could, you could actually call uh mr dean ed dean uh a master tanner well there you go why not yeah. I, I guess yeah. master tanner and it is if you can you can actually google and see pictures of his work well uh uh for uh, going along here now with mr ed Gein, ed as you said mike uh grew to have an unnatural connection, basically, and an what? Maybe unnatural is too strong of a of a word. He had 
an obsessive relationship with his mother. I, mm-hmm. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. So it, it's, it is a definitely a Norman Bates type of a relationship. <laughs> right. Now, uh, Ed's dad eventually died. As we mentioned, he was an, an alcoholic and I believe he died of heart failure when he was right. 66. I want to check my note here. I think I, I think it was when he was 66 years old. Yes. Died in 1940, 66 years old. And now it was down to Ed, his brother, Henry, and his mother. And his mother continued to be the domineering self, even more so now that the dad was out of the way. Dad, mm-hmm. father figure. Not that he was a father figure by any means anyways, but uh, as far as we know, no more male figure in his life other than his brother. And Ed right. just grew closer and closer, more dependent on his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we get to the point, though, Henry, Ed's brother Henry, when he grew up and he matured, he started to kind of talk back to his mom. Mm-hmm. He kind of he started to show his disagreement with her preaching, her teaching. He kind of put his foot down a little bit. And it is theorized that this didn't sit well with Ed. Right. Um, how do we want to tackle that when it comes to Henry, his brother's mysterious death. Connected or not connected? Well, in my opinion, Ed would have had plenty of reason to, uh, in his mind, plenty of reason to uh, get rid of Ed because, mm-hmm. you know, first thing is uh, the way Ed felt about his mother. Uh, nobody, he's not going to put up with anybody disrespecting or talking back to his mother. So there's one thing. And also, as, as obsessed as he was with his, mother, with his mother, he would have wanted to get rid of any competition that he had that took any any of the attention away from his mother. With, with his brother gone, it's all on him. That's a key he, word. The key word, I think, is like you said, my competition. Right, exactly. And I'm sure that's what he felt. It was, you know, he just wanted every bit of the attention from his mother spent on him. Now, on May, mm. May 16th, 1944, on the property, not the house, but in the, uh, the, their farmland, essentially, a fire was started, a controlled mm. fire mm. that kind of got out of hand. Right. Um, long story short, Henry died. Ed reported Henry as missing. Right. Now, that's, this is where it gets kind of wishy-washy here, kind of uh, definitely suspicious. Somehow, even though he reported his brother missing, when authorities arrived on the property, Ed was able to lead them straight to the dead body of his brother, right. Henry. Even though he reported him missing. Um, okay, I guess. And wasn't, didn't, didn't they find that he died of asphyxiation? Uh, yes, uh, asphyxiation, and also another one said of heart failure. So I'm going to go okay. by the asphyxiation. <clears throat> right. But what's interesting about this, Mike, is that according to authorities, Henry's body was not burnt. Mm-hmm. Henry's body, his head in particular, was discovered to have bruises on and about his head, his skull area. Uh, similar to 
those found on people, on victims of blunt force trauma. Right. Bludgeoning. Bludgeoning. Some people think, Mike, that this could have very well been Ed's first murder, his own brother. What say you on this? I would say that chances are much better than 90% that yes. (laughs) I just, I mean, come on. I mean, like I said, it's just so suspicious reporting his brother missing, but yet knowing exactly where the body is. Yeah, it just doesn't fit as... uh, Mm -hmm. The way it should. Now, what would be the reasoning, Mike, to you, why he would go about murdering his own brother? Well, just like what we said about the getting rid of that competition. 100%. 100%. And angry. And anger. At his brother for how dare he speak up to their beloved, ultra-caring, ultra-nurturing, protective mother. Mm -hmm. How dare you put your foot down Oh, Henry. Um, yeah, I, 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 for one, truly believe that Ed is responsible for his brother's death. And I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying that. Oh, absolutely. By uh, any means. Further I down totally the road. For, further down the road, Mike, Mike, further down the Ed Gein wacky timeline. What the hell are you drinking? What is that? That's a, that's a, it's a little bottle of water. That's like the smallest bottle of water I've ever seen. Yeah, you can buy them that small. That's like smaller than your than your palm. I think it's like uh, eight ounces or something like that. What? <laughs> I am hydrating myself. You are dehydrating yourself. You realize that you an eight <laughs> ounce bottle. You would have to drink eight of those tiny little things to, re- to meet your uh, required daily water intake. So, yeah, but then I got to pee too much. So all you need to do it though, Mike. You need <laughs> to hydrate yourself. Yes, and you say I'm dehydrating my dehydrating myself because i'm enjoying my coors light but i every day talk about being obsessive i overdo my water intake and i have done that for almost 20 damn years now that's right i I remember hydrated as hell and then when it's time to do the podcast i'm like it's time to sit back crack open a cures or two and uh not All that water, that's why your skin looks so supple. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, it. I think yeah. Ed Gein would like Ed, my skin. Oh, he would love it, yeah. <laughs> he would skin you like a... Like oh, a, good Lord. Like a pig hanging on a hook. Oh, good God, yeah. This, <laughs> this, I call this creation Patrick. He would take your face and your back skin and make a backpack out oh, of it. Oh, wonderful. With wonderful. straps from your like skin off of your legs or something. Well, there weren't be any hair, that's for sure. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why I said that. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah he would make a a uh, a a uh, a tie uh-huh. out of a nooses, and yours would be like right there, on right that at the one top. Part. Oh, awesome! Right at the top. Okay, a tie out of a nooses. An a noose tie. <laughs> okay. Ah, well, that's and a, that's not pushing it. It isn't too far, no. folks, because the things that he did. Yeah. With the, uh, with intimate. Parts the parts. items found in his house of horrors mm. are, are beyond <laughs> uh, comprehension, and we will definitely get to that. After yeah, we'll a get bit. to that. Uh, well, Mike's uh, Mike's <laughs> Ed's mother eventually passes away after a series of strokes on December 29th, nineteen forty-five, at the age of sixty-seven. Now, as abusive as she was mentally to her kids, um, as wrong as the info she kept pounding into her. her children's heads was as religious of, as a fanatic of a nut that she was she was ed's world um ed was actually 
said, Ed actually said that his mother was not only his best friend, his only friend, but his one true love. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, that's another like a Norman Bates line there. One the boy's best true... friend is his mother. No, no. See, <laughs> okay, I love my mom more than anything, okay? Right. But to call her my one true love, no, that is just not, yeah. no, 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 no. That's, you know, taking it, taking the sickness a little bit deeper. A little deeper than I think uh, us normal folk intended to to mean. But yeah, Mr. Ed kind of went off the, uh, Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey. and some say that that's what happened to Wilbur. I think so. Hey, hey, I, Mr. Ed's here. What do you have to say, Mr. Ed? <laughs> hey, good to see you. Um, sorry about that. I am Mr. <laughs> Ed. Uh, anyway. Well, okay. He goes off the deep end even more so. Ed decides to, and I'm not saying that he didn't do this beforehand, but as reports go after his mother passed away, he really kind of dove into a a um, a macabre, there that word is again, fascination with pulp magazines and graphic mm-hmm. magazines right. and uh, just really grotesque stuff, anything they can get his hands on. And he, you can just imagine the fragile state of mind that he's in as, as distraught as he is emotionally already. And then mm-hmm. he decides to look into these grotesque magazines, Mike. I mean, what's going on there? Is he trying, what, what is he trying to do? Oh God, I don't know. I'm, he's it, trying to, trying to figure something out or learn something, or that was uh you know, just another one of the beginnings of his, uh, you know, feeding into his uh, twisted sexual deviance. Right. I and, don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's trying. He's he missed his mother so much that, you know, all yeah. of this whipped together, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> it's like he was so, I mean, was he so deadened that he was deadened inside that he was just trying to find some sort of stimulus, some, yeah. anything that would here's that word again, arouse him in any sort of way, not just sexually, just mentally, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and it, he needed this deplorable material in order to do that. And of course, yeah. as we all know, stuff like that, as maybe successful as it might be initially, it, it will wear off. That effect yeah. will wear off um, for those diving into this type of content. And they eventually will need more and more and more. Right. Until it gets to the absolutely disgusting, yeah, which Mr. Ed Gein absolutely did. Um, yeah, well, this you know this this uh, getting into these books and and losing his mother, that was like uh, you know him get uh, just starting to push himself off the top of the water slide, the and one, it was a big yeah. ass water slide. <laughs> right, there's no and <laughs> no know? stopping on when you're on that water slide, none whatsoever. Exactly. You know, to me. Ed Gein comes across as someone who never grew up. Is that safe to say? Uh, sure. I, that, that would probably fit. Well, you were, you, you were kind of look, you were looking up, you were pondering that. Do you, did, do I was you, pondering, yeah. do, you do you disagree um, with that? I mean, that, no, I was just trying to think of, um, what all would, you know, lead to, to that thought of him never really growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, his utter dependence on his mother. Exactly. I was, I was, you know, the, the mother thing came into my mind right away too that that's would be part of that yeah and how 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 utterly frightening is it too when you think back 
well, you look back at, at the material on this man, he was well-liked. He was, I mean, he was considered an odd duck, that's for sure. Oh, and in school, bullied all the time because he had yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. things that bullies would pick on. Like he had a lisp. He had his mm-hmm. tongue was somewhere on this tongue that made it, uh, uh, had a speech impediment. And, uh, and kids could one be of cruel, his eyes man. was kind of a lazy eye that kind of looked off in another direction. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and kids, like kids that. can be cruel, man. And that, that can yeah. have a profound effect on you. Oh, sure it can. Yeah. Um, again, not making excuses. It happens right. to, sadly, the majority of kids probably, you know, and the majority of them do not turn into deranged murderers. So um, right. there's that. But, you know, he was he was thought of as a smart kid. He was thought of as a, a, a decent student. There wasn't anything that really stood out that mm-hmm. much. Although people who knew him in his younger days said that he did have, like, Sudden outbursts of laughter. Right. Yeah, of laughter, yeah. For no reason. And you just start no laughing. No reason. Yeah, yeah. Outburst of laughing. It wasn't Outburst. just giggling. It was like mm-hmm. laughter, all out laughter, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a That almost sounds like a Tourette's type of issue going sure. on there. Sure, and but... that could possibly be a form of Tourette's. There's mm-hmm. many forms of Tourette's, and that could that could be uh, be part of it. You know, but as an, not as, saying that people that have Tourette's are going to go and no, no, of course you know, not. <laughs> cut somebody's nipples off and <laughs> yeah, turn into know, a belt. Do things with them. <laughs> you know, you know, but as getting back to like you know the, I mean, it was a, a, a it wasn't. We're not talking about about a metropolis here. I mean, this was a no a low population, small rural area, right? Uh, rural in Wisconsin, rural. rural in Wisconsin, and halfway between Milwaukee and Minneapolis, actually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, which I which I was mentioning to you earlier would be, uh, boy, that'd be an interesting uh, oh, man. road trip to take. Man, you know what? And uh, as, find the land where this house used to be. As, but then you threw in, well, yeah, but there's probably a mini mall there. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just hope it's not named after Gein. Yeah, Gein's yeah. Marketplace, you know, yeah. I don't think so. Um, uh, well, Dean you know, meat market. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> mean market and meat market and tanning company. Yeah, they specialize in leather. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, Dean leather goods. No, no, no. <laughs> well, as longtime listeners know, ding, ding, ding. We we focus on all things paranormal, and so Mike and I were kind of bantering a little bit before recording. Like, man, can you imagine if if it's still like an open area, desolate area? If there's nothing there. And if you know what has come about uh, the Gein property, let us know. But you'd think there'd be some sort of uh, just crazy residual imprinted energy. Oh, there. exactly. So go there and just, you know, pitch a tent right there where the house was. N- yeah. And not in the sick way either. Like literally pitch a tent. No, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, <sighs> you know, physically put up the tent, sleep in it, crawl in it, whatever you yeah. want to do. But yeah. Uh, and well, I wouldn't sleep all night long. That's very true. Very <laughs> true. I don't think I could. Yeah. Okay. Again, now go, <laughs> uh, tracing back here as an adult, even after you know when all this, well, I'm going to use the term lately, tragedy happened in his lifetime because it was tragic, but he could have been the cause behind his brother's death. You never know. Um, he was essentially well liked. And people hired him as a handyman around right. he around a, the, yeah. the countryside. He was a babysitter, for God's sakes. Uh, hmm. People trusted him with their children. Yeah. And Ed says that he related best to children. Again, 
He yeah. never grew up. And right. they're just, obviously, they're easier for him to communicate with. Mm-hmm. Not an authoritative figure at all. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the wheels, the psychosis are just continue the spin, man. Continue the spin. After his mother's death, Mike, he kept his mother's. It was just him in the house now, obviously. Just, just Ed. He kept mm. his mom's room untouched. Yeah, immaculate. Yes, absolutely and the rest immaculate. Of it was just trashed, a hoarder's type, trashed. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And you know, some, and his mother was an immaculate housekeeper. She kept her house immaculate while she was alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it just all went to hell after she passed away. And then, uh, like you said. Her bedroom was like a shrine. Yeah. Yeah. Some people theorize is that he was in denial and that this is why he kept his mother's room untouched and he never even did, never like looked in it, never did anything about it. It was almost like he was living in denial that she hadn't died. Do you buy into Mm -hmm. that at all? That's possible. Yeah. His mind can go in any direction and Mm -hmm. who knows what. So that could very well be, be a possibility. Well, but if he was in denial and thinking she might, walk through the door any day why would he go so far as to want to dress in women a woman's skin suit well sure sure right you know when he had to replace his mother with skin suits mm-hmm. from women yeah that, he, uh, this, this is when we start getting into the the uh depraved and then the deplorable and the downright disgusting uh this is when Ed starts getting into, oh, you know, that sly little hobby of digging up freshly dead corpses in yeah. neighboring graveyards, Mike. And they were usually, more often than not, if not all the time, uh, the corpses of younger to middle-aged women. I should say mm-hmm. more, m- most of them were middle-aged women uh, closer to his mother's age, right? Am I right. right on that one? I believe so, yes. Like 40 to 60, or uh, yep. generally yep. speaking. And I think he said he did this over 40 times. I believe he uh, visited these grave sites attempting to... Well, let's dive into what he attempted to do, Mike. Um, sure. This is gross. <laughs> beyond. <laughs> beyond. Beyond gross. And I'll preface this mm. by saying that Ed claimed that when he was into this grave robbing site, this body snatching phase of his, he claimed that he was always in a trance or daze like state when he was doing this. And sometimes he would snap out of it in the middle of when he was digging up these bodies and almost essentially ask, what the hell am I doing? And then he would take off back home and not finish the job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I don't personally buy that stuff. Right. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, excuse making, but mm-hmm. what in the hell is going on? This is where it all starts to go wacky and way downhill yeah. way fast, Mike. Well, he, he had plans uh, of what he wanted to come up with and what he wanted to make, and he he had to have the materials for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. So that's how he started getting his yes. materials. And I, I do al- also want to say that... Um, there are several reports, if you look out there online, you do your research, that he was attempting to build a quote-unquote mommy suit that he right. wanted to eventually be able to climb into and engulf himself, surround himself physically, literally, by the skin of his fake mother. So um, yeah. 
Say what you will about that. That I saw stuff that he actually that would get hot in the summertime. You would think so. A little smelly. Yeah, you know, Boy, I tell you, a little smelly. Um, this I, I I asked you this before we started recording, Mike. I said that were you able to find anything about like what they did with his mother's body? Like, was there a proper funeral? Was she buried? Yeah, I don't know. Was she cremated? Because I asked because I had seen a report, and I don't know. I don't buy into it, but it's out there said that he had actually skinned his own mother. Now, that could be absolute bullshit. It absolutely yeah. could be. But it is out there. So, if, again, if you guys know for sure or not if that is BS or if it's a yeah. mystery, you know, let us know. But it, Which would be another reference to the... Uh, um, uh, the... Uh, uh, Bates... Yes. Uh, psycho. Story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you had a brain fart with the psycho title there, I think, or something. I did. I don't know what's happening there, Mike. Are you okay? Are you are you okay? Yeah, yeah. You're not having yeah, a mommy. I just had not having a mommy moment, are you? Something, yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> he seriously Woo. did. It's like Mike. He turned his head and he's like, he had a he had a clear and concise <laughs> thought, and all of a sudden he was like, just done. It's like your your thoughts hit a brick wall. It was interesting. Yeah, it did. That was, that was interesting, <sighs> though. I hope you're okay. I am okay. No, what what made me do that is all of a sudden. A thing popped up at the top of my screen, remaining meeting time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep, we got to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. I didn't that. know I'd get that on my end. Oh, you did. I didn't notice that before. That's the first time. First time for yeah, everything. Yeah, must be. Well, that's good. <laughs> I can keep track of the well, time. Well, no, that's perfect timing. Um, we will need to uh, take a brief break, a time-traveling excursion. But to our listeners, it will be literally timeless. It'll literally. Be, it'll be seamless. Uh, we'll and we be... are going to dig into some nasty... Oh. Good. Nasty nastiness. Good God all it's been bad God. already, but holy jeez. Holy jeez. Well, what better time? Again, I, I did it briefly before, but uh we'd love to see you guys on our Patreon. I'm not kidding. There's so much cool content on there. We're having a great time. Uh just it, 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 it's good quality, good quality episodes, man. They're exclusive sure episodes. They're just like these. Um, so well, <laughs> if you hate these, then you won't go check them out. But uh yeah. Um, well, and if we they can't, hate these, they aren't going to be listening anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so um, and I can't help myself again. But we are super excited to uh, announce, if you missed the last episode, that we had an awesome time appearing on Talk as Jericho again and talked the haunting of Ted Bundy with Mister Jericho, Chris Jericho himself. We cannot wait for that episode to drop. Um, man, what a blast that was! Yeah. Spread the word when it drops, and you listen. Spread the paranormal zone word. We're looking yeah. forward to it. So, uh, and well, not to mention guests that we have coming up. Oh, awesome guests! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we, you, we had just come into a a a, a, a whole new new uh, how would you call it? A, a whole a, new thing. A batch. Be. Uh, we came into a whole new batch of awesome paranormal pals yes. that we can. You chat were contacted with. actually by uh, somebody that is going to. Help us with many guests, uh, wonderful look, guests, wonderful content. Yep, looking forward to it. So yes, you know so. one thing that's interesting. You know, I I um I like to throw it out to longtime listeners. Send us requests of anyone you would love for yeah. us to chat with because we will definitely reach out to them and see if they yeah. would uh, longtime listeners or if you've only listened to two shows. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much, long yeah. time or just two. So, well, Mike, let's take that brief time traveling excursion and let's uh, come back and. Let's gross ourselves out by this. Yeah, uh, I'm already grossed out. I probably, yeah, I'll probably right. have to take two showers during this uh, I, I time think travel. That, I was just going to say, I'm going to shower right now myself. So, um, <laughs> all right, hold on, boys and girls. Don't go anywhere. We shall be right back. 
All right, we are back after yet another successful time-traveling excursion. Okay, Mike, let's get into the nitty-gritty here, the gross, mm. the gross nitty-gritty. Um, I, br- I, I got my bucket. <laughs> I got my bucket. Oh, I think I'm going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Give me a bucket. <laughs> a bucket for Monsieur. So let's just start this, Mike. Um, then we're going to kind of, we're going to go back and forth here a lot right. of ways. After Ed was arrested, and we'll get to his arrest here shortly, Ed was arrested November 16th, 1957, at his farmhouse. Yeah. And upon his arrest, he uh, starts to talk. As I mentioned earlier, he said that he's had that wacky hobby of digging up freshly deceased bodies. He did this over 40 times. And upon searching his house, after the, I guess mysterious circumstances of the disappearances of the two women that he confessed to murdering Bernice right. Morgan. And the one woman, uh, she was freshly killed <sighs> yeah. basically when they got there. And, and the scene that these police walked into, uh, I mean, after walking in there, they, they went out and threw up outside. Well, the it one sheriff, so yeah, the the sheriff, the arresting sheriff, who um, uh, he actually basically went insane. He was mm. so traumatized by what he yeah. saw and what Ed Gein told him that he he started to lose his uh, faculties. Basically, mm-hmm. went insane and he suffered health problems and died prematurely. And that's yeah. that that could very well be attributed to as another murder. Of Ed Gein because oh, sure. what he yeah. did literally killed another person because he was so traumatized by it. Yeah, or at least manslaughter. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how that goes. But it's it's crazy because during his confession, Mike, during his first confession of doing all this, this sheriff actually got so upset that he attacked Ed and slammed his head down onto the table in the room that he was talking to him. And he, because he did this, all of what Ed said was deemed insubmissible. Because the, the the sheriff attacked him because he couldn't help himself. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> I, I don't blame him. <laughs> but like we were saying, oh, the two women that Ed uh, confessed to murdering, Bernice Warden was the hardware store owner who went missing, and they were able to tie Ed to her disappearance because when she disappeared the, the morning of, well, essentially the morning of her murder, the last receipt that she had signed was from an item purchased by Mr. Ed Gein. And so obviously right there, the link is right Mm -hmm. there. And another local tavern owner, Mary Hogan, was another victim of Mr. Ed Gein. The two confessed victims, even though he is a suspect suspect in several more. But the grisly details, some of the grisly items, Mike, found Uh, upon his arrest and upon the search of his house. Aside from finding the woman dangling from her ankles, uh, slit from the in, in groin, the slit from the groin down. Yep, uh, the head was uh, was in a bag. That uh, right. Uh, well, there was a heart. Her heart was pulled out, found mm-hmm. in the in the in a saucepan in the saucepan, and I believe it was Mary Hogan's head who was found. Okay, yeah, on yeah, the site. heart, uh, her heart in the saucepan on the stove. Yeah. I mean. Good. Good Lord. 
Well, some of the items here, Mike, do you want to read some of these off or do you want me to read them off? Um, I have a few things written down here. Um, you know, some of the things, a trash can and several chairs that were upholstered in human skin, a belt and a corset. I'm sure he had to have a corset to be able to, you know, get himself tightened in so he can right. get into that woman's suit. Absolutely. They were made of human nipples, uh, human skulls made out, made into bowls for who knows what he did with that. They were all women's nipples too. Yes. Yes, they were. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, go ahead and take, take over if you've got uh, well, more of a list there. I know it's it's just so grotesque. Um, as you said, Mike, human skin covering several chairs, chairs made out of human skin. Uh, as you said, the waste basket made of human skin, skulls hanging off of his bedposts. Uh, yes, exactly. And then uh, faces, Ugh. faces that were taken off of people's bodies, faces, and there's nine of them hung on the wall like. Then he would wear these faces. That yes, he they were made for him to wear. He would walk. Okay, now try and put yourself in the mindset, Mike and listeners. What is that? What in God's name is going through this man's head? Yeah, you know, and and there's that's oh. where you, you get the the parallel from that and the inspiration for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Well, and Silence of the Lambs. You know, it's there's exactly yeah the, the parallel the influences there. Uh, bowls, Mike, made out of human skulls. Mm-hmm. Just picture you know, this this man eating his his rice krispies out of a human's head. Yeah, snap, crack, <laughs> oh, crackle, pop. Damn it! No, I wasn't, even, I wasn't even thinking about snap, crackle, pop. Damn it! <laughs> well, I hope it wasn't Captain Crunch because that would ruin That's Captain That's even Crunch worse. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But no, you no. know, there's pictures that they that you can find on google or whatever that uh i've seen like a pair of gloves that were made and mm -hmm. you know i mean you can just see how they would would fit somebody and and uh, uh the lampshades that were made out of the human skin and it it's just too bizarre to even think about well we can't wrap our minds around it uh, yeah i i really i literally cannot wrap my mind around it yeah, it's it's tough. Um, as you mentioned, Mike, the corset made from female torso, skinned from the shoulders to the waist. Right. Yeah. Leggings made from human leg skin. As you said, Mike, masks made from the skin of female heads. Yep, Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. Mm-hmm. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. So you were right about Bernice Warden's head. But I also, but her heart was also found in that saucepan. Yeah, on the stove. Yeah, this one in particular is is beyond disgusting and demented to me. Nine vulva. Yeah, found in a shoebox. Right, and exactly. I also learned, Mike, read earlier that Ed confessed to at times placing these severed vulva on his crotch. In moments mm -hmm. of fantasy, and he could sit there and whatever the hell was happening, he would get off on fantasizing being a woman, essentially. Right. Now he claimed right. that he he claimed that he was not a necrophiliac. Um, well, but you can yeah. be uh, you can be a nec uh, well you can be into necrophilia just by simply being aroused by body parts. Oh, I uh, yeah, dead body yeah, parts. Absolutely, it's yeah. 
And I don't think it's necrophilic. <sighs> is it necrophiliac or necrophilic? I guess I'm not. Necrophiliac. Okay. Okay. Necrophilia. And necrophiliac. necrophiliac. Okay. Yep. As you said, Mike, a belt, a belt, an entire belt made from female human nipples. Yeah. Okay, now, just, just I don't mean to be crude. How the hell is that, I was going to say fastened. How the hell, <laughs> I guess, it was, how was that put together? I mean, help me out here, Mike. I'm ignorant. How would, is it just oh. sewn? Are they just sewn <laughs> together? I'm not, I don't. I, I've Come never on. done that before, you, so I don't know. Wait, but wait, you can wait. use your you've imagination. Never, you've never thought about putting together a belt made of female nipples, Mike? I thought True. that was common everyday thoughts for all of us normal chaps. Chaps. Yeah, would you have to have some kind of like a like a backing for that? Like maybe like felt or something? That's, yeah, or, that's what I'm thinking. Was there glue? Was they, it simply thread yeah. and needles? Uh, Stitch witchery. I don't know. <laughs> Stitch witchery. Yeah. Well, yeah, here's I see a I was just looking at um pictures here. The the, the lampshades are freaking oh they're so dis- horrifying. Dis- just disturbing to look at. Um if you have a if you have a weak stomach, don't go look <sighs> at this stuff. But it's again, it's just that Mike, like you said, it's that car crash fascination. Yeah. This is and here are the gloves. I mean, the gloves they're showing a pair of gloves made out of human skin. And you can see uh, wear marks where, like, he would have had them on and, like, he used them. And there's, like, areas where where it looks like uh, it's gotten dirty from, you know, like him brushing up against something or handling things. Sure. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't um, know. Also found in the house, four severed noses. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think, Mike, uh, we were talking earlier were there not also human lips found like attached yeah. to um, curtain, like the strings you would pull to the open pull up the strings. curtain? Human yeah, lips. And were, yeah, at the bottom of the string, that would the part that you hold on to when mm-hmm. you pull the cord. Now what? Okay, this is beyond mommy boy mother obsession stuff, isn't right. it? I mean, it's, you know, absolutely. What in God's name does that have anything to do with him missing his mom? Yeah. I want to know that. I mean, I don't mean to sound callous and cold right there because some psychologists would put me in my place, I'm sure, and tell me the truth about it. But it's mm-hmm. just, again, I can't wrap my mind around it. What is that? Is he so traumatized? Is he so, there's no turning back. He's so warped that this is just kind of casual, ho-hum stuff to keep him busy? Uh, I, no, I don't there, get there's it. There's a whole method to his madness throughout the entire thing. And as far as we know, we, he didn't do any, he didn't skin animals and make artifacts out of animal that, skins. No, that would have been, uh, that would have defeated the purpose of making a human it female skin. It had to be human. It had yeah. to be human artifacts. Right. So I just, I, I, uh, yeah, Mike, I, I need another damn shower already. I took two in our time traveling excursion. Like, yeah, like, I'm like sure. You did. And as you said, Mike, the lampshade made from the skin of a human face. Just imagine turning on that lamp, Mike, and then the oh, shade, yeah. when it turns on and you see, you know, the, the closed eyes, you see the, the shape of the nose, you see the stretched mouth. And and you just try and put yourself in that mindset of where it doesn't bother you at all. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And that's just a, that's just a human face stretched stretched human skin staring right back at me on my lampshade. He uh, he did have some kind of a style to his decor for the lampshades. Uh, um, I had read where he made lampshades out of tattooed skin. Oh no, oh really? I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, so he was oof. so he he was in uh, artistic. <laughs> yeah, something. Oh good lord. Um. Something before I forget, Mike. Before I forget, we're we're not done with this grossness here. Four people went missing before Ed was arrested and convicted of murdering Bernice Warden and Mary Hogan. Four people in the Plainfield area went missing. Eight-year-old Georgia Weckler went missing on May first, nineteen forty-seven. Fifteen-year-old Evelyn Hartley went missing October twenty-fourth, nineteen fifty-three. And two deer hunters, Victor Travis and Ray Burgess, went missing as well. And a lot of people think, Mike, investigators included, think that Ed Gein could have very well had something to do with their disappearance. Oh, I'm sure. It just seems kind of co- too coincidental, doesn't it? Uh, to it not, does. To yeah, not I would, be. Yeah, I would say there's got to be some kind of a... Some kind of a connection there. Isn't it, isn't, you know, on a, on a brief side note, isn't it terrifying, Mike, how many unsolved crimes there are? How many unsolved murders oh, there are? Thousands. I mean, countless, every year. Countless. I mean, this poor eight-year-old girl who goes missing, their family still has no idea what the hell happened to her. Yeah. This 15-year-old who was babysitting, helping, you know, her dad calls home, you know, coming back from the movie, calls at nine o'clock at night just to see that, you know, that Evelyn would answer the phone and she didn't. And the dad gets worried naturally. Goes home. She's gone. The baby that she was babysitting, sleeping quietly and content in, in the crib. Evelyn mm-hmm. is missing. Blood on the floor. I, I can't imagine the horror the father was going through at that time. And stuff like this, it, it just doesn't go away, Mike. They're, the families are, you know, they're affected, obviously. Well, you, horribly never, affected for the rest of their yeah, lives. The rest of their lives. They'll never be able to get, you know, get past it. It's important to think about, you know, it's it's not only are these people who are killed victims, but countless others who are family members and friends are also victims. I mean, that's yeah, it's absolutely that's that might be a, a fairly obvious statement, but I think it needs to be to, needs to be said. Michael Carbno, what do you got on Mr. Ed Gein that we haven't covered so far, my friend? I got a bunch Ugh. of wacky, weird crap going right here, but I, I I feel like we may be repeating ourselves. But no, uh, I uh, uh, you know, you know, like you talk about the uh, the pop culture of of something like this, where it right, you know, uh the movies that have been made out of our characters in movies that have been inspired by this one man, you know, and that's another thing that's going to keep, keep what he did alive is just the thought of the inspiration for these movies was because of yeah. this person, well, well, you know, right. and some of the most horrifying movies. I mean, you know, like, you know, silence of the lambs that, there's a there's a lot going on in that, oh, of that movie and <laughs> Leatherface, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so, you know, just the the inspiration from one man to make a movie that that's that graphic and 
horrifying. No, I, I mean, they did take it to a another level. Oh, of course, of course. Know, for the movie, but yeah. What do you, Mike, what, what do you think about the the fact that Ed Gein was found insane and therefore was basically let, yeah. let go, basically, to live a comfortable life, like you said, Mike, three meals a day, a warm bed at night, a roof over his head for the rest of his life. He lived to be 77 years old until he died of lung cancer in 1984. Right. I mean, what do you think about that? What do you think about the... I was insane, and so therefore I am not responsible for what I did. I mean, we're opening up a whole can of worms with that question, but I'm really curious about your thoughts on that. Well, you know, was he really insane? I mean, he had to have some type of insanity going on to even think of this stuff. But I, I know um, I get that. But did did he feel justified in what he did, or was it just something that, uh, like a normal person? would go and uh, uh, take a bus ride to the park. Is it, was this just normal to him to mm. do this stuff? You know, uh, is it, was it insanity? Is he, was he, uh, um, um, Hey Mike, your home sweet haunted home sign just really swung back and forth there. Did it? Yeah. Interesting. Is there, do you have hmm. a fan blowing on it? Uh, there is a fan going, so it's probably. Could oh, very well be that. Yeah. you see it moving right now there? I do. Okay, yeah. so it's probably just your fan. Yeah. Damn it. Um, First time I noticed it, though, so I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah, everybody. I, totally <laughs> lost, I totally lost my Oh, my but thought. the insanity thing. The this, yeah. this man never served one day in prison. Right. How does that make you feel? To me, that bugs the hell out of me. Oh, absolutely. I mean. You know, does he feel? I'm. Was he responsible for for all of these things that he did, or or is it insanity that it, it wasn't his fault? It was. Mm -hmm. It was in his mind. It was his. It, it was insanity. You know, uh, do we look at him as a cold, calculated murderer and whatever else he did, or do we look at him as somebody that was sick? Yeah. And needed help. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't control himself. And he couldn't control himself. You know, it's such a hard thing to oh, think so about tough. in that direction because of the, uh, just the, the level of atrocity that he, you know, oh, that I know. it was. Well, and it makes you, it makes you realize how many people who are not insane, who are manipulative enough to use that defense, you know, to try and get away with crap. Yeah. They, you know, they were fully aware of what they were doing. Again, yeah. going back to Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy refused to plead insane. He refused to. He yeah. was he could still be alive today, Mike, because he mm -hmm. was offered that bargain to plead yeah. guilty and you will be um you'll be in prison for the rest of your life. Plead guilty by reasons of insanity. Ted refused. I mean, it's I I I it's talk about difficult to wrap your mind around man i just it it bugs me it bugs me that ed gein never served one day in prison yeah i mean to to say to me this is coming across as a well we should almost feel sorry for poor ed you know and yeah. i don't feel sorry for him should i am i cold-hearted do i need to feel sorry for ed gein i'm i, I will never feel sorry for him <laughs> Oh man, alive! I'm, I'm. We, we're running out of time here. Well, now we got a, a pretty decent amount of time left to go here, unless Mikey needs to leave because he's so anxious <laughs> to shower. I don't know what's going on here. No, I'm good. You're good. 
I'm fine. Oh, that's right. That's what I wanted to dive into uh, briefly. Let's let's wrap it up on this, Mike. There are um, theories as to what was driving Mr. Ed Gein, and if it sounds like I'm I'm not focused on what I'm saying, is because I'm typing in stuff while I'm trying to speak at the same time. It's it's a little difficult. It's like rubbing your belly and tapping the top of your head at the same time. But uh, trying trying to do that every now and then. But have some you the... noticed, or have you seen if there's any uh, uh, video of of uh, interviews with him at all, or him? Hmm, that's a good you know, question. Being, being questioned or talking about these things, I would love to. Uh, that I don't know, man. Check into that because I, I didn't really look for it, so I don't know if there is or not. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, get a feel of of you know of the whole thing just by listening to listening some to him, right? Interviews with you know him directly. All right, Mike, but, let's, let's yeah, talk about some of these um, sociolo- sociologists and psychologists' theories mm-hmm. of what was driving Mr. Ed Gein. Uh, briefly, as fast as we can here, the five theories that a lot of them came to uh, conclude were driving Mr. Ed Gein to commit these atrocities. Uh, the arousal theory, the cognitive theory, the routine activities theory, the nurture theory, and the life course theory. Hmm. Now, this I'm going to have to read uh as fast as I can, okay? Okay. And I want right. your th- I want your thoughts on it. Okay. Well, the life course theory, very briefly, I'm skipping through a lot here. Throughout an individual's life, they experience events, which may be good or bad, that ultimately shape or influence the rest of their behavioral development. The propensity to criminality is intensified through problematic transitions in life, usually ranging from events such as precocious sexuality, abusive households, and joining gang organizations. By directly or indirectly engaging in events like these, especially at a young age, individuals are more likely to adopt law-violating behavior and are less likely to divert from the path of criminality. So life course, basically, Mike. Uh, Yeah, life affects you. That's basically what that says to me. Right, exactly. Well, you know, starting as a young child, he did have that, what his mother instilled in him, um, you know, and the... um, <clears throat> you know that that i guess would fit to a certain degree um the the bullying possibly that he had in school because of yeah. his uh yes yep appearance and voice and everything um, um it says here because of the his mother's restriction you know basically on how they were she was trying to raise her kids ed gein didn't have an indirect outlet that he could utilize to prevent the accumulation of his subconscious frustration against his circumstances at home. So we, we kind of talked about that, about that earlier where it just basically all came to a, a head at one point and he just needed, he needed some sort of stimulus to basically help him explode finally because mm-hmm. he had been so repressed for mm. so long. Uh, the nurture theory... Briefly, growing up in an abusive environment and other, growing up in an abusive environment and other factors such as poor school performance and peer pressure can engender the path to criminality. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, was, if his father was very abusive, and then you know the the mm. school situation. Nurture is basically like nature, Mike. It's like nature and nurture. Saying his environment affects right how you grow up. So I'm mean, yeah, I get that. You know, like you said, again, the bullying. Um, and bullying can affect, can have profound effect on people. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Well, how many kids have committed suicide because of Oh, it? no kidding, man. That's so sad. 
the routine activities theory claims that victimization is promoted or influenced by the availability by the availability of targets, absence of authorities, and presence of motivated offenders. This theory explains that it can be applied anywhere, even in suburban communities where safety and crime is less likely to occur. In the case of Gein, his targets were readily available because most of his victims were robbed and mutilated from the grave, with some of his victims, like Bernice Warden and Mary Hogan, being suitable as they were alone at the time of murder. Furthermore, the absence of authorities played a significant role, significant role in Gein not being apprehended by the time of his first offense. So basically, routine activities theory is saying it was easy to do, so why not do it? That's how I interpreted that. There's no no authorities there to hold them back. Um, the the dead aren't going to fight back, right? And his murder victims were basically as uh, innocent, pristine, and harmless and unthreatening as you could possibly imagine. So, right. Ed's like, well, I got it for the for the taking. I'm going to do it. Nothing's going to happen mm-hmm. to me. Hoping not boring you to death, Mike. You look like you've already fall asleep. No, I'm intently listening. Oh, but I know I'm I'm really going through this fast as I can. I apologize. Well, you can imagine that what the cognitive theory is. Mm-hmm. Cognitive is a psychological perspective that emphasizes how individuals perceive, represent, and react to their issues and surrounding environment. Now, using this theory. Experts can explain the root of antisocial behavior in criminals and how these individuals perceive crime. Hmm. An individual that suffers from a deficit in cognitive function may perceive information incorrectly mm-hmm. or slowly, which thus far results in poor decisions. Because of this, they're unable to realize their circumstances and the negative consequence- consequences of crime, leading them to conclude that it's ultimately and solely beneficial and gratifying. Interesting. That's really interesting. Right. So they're like, we don't understand why it's a crime. And so you know, <laughs> the ne- we don't understand the negative consequences of what we're doing. And this actually, it makes me feel good. So why, what, what's wrong with it? Right. Right. Yeah. All of these things to point to where, uh, you know, the guy has got to be insane. And last but not least, um, the arousal theory, 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 mm-hmm. good God, suggests that individuals seek a preferred level of arousal in their lifetime. And because of that, their need for a high amount of stimulation may be the cause of violent and aggressive attitudes. Not enough yep. stimulation causes one to be bored and fatigued, while high levels of stimulation can lead to anxiety and stress. And that's a definite, you know. Yeah, like you said, Mike, even with his supposedly finding himself aroused at a young age by was seeing that hog mutilated. Yeah. I mean, there's something going on there. There is Absolutely. something going on there. Again, we're repeating ourselves, yeah. but that repressed state of his normal feelings, he couldn't express his normal childhood boyish feelings because they were sinful. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to come out some other ways. They're going to come out in warped ways. Yeah, but there is one other possible theory that was not mentioned that they did not think of Mm-mm. that in our realm we sure. do need to think of well lay it on me what do you got demonic possession oh my god mike <laughs> <laughs> i mean when you see a picture mm. that picture that i've looked at 
of him being taken away. And it looked like he could have been on the farm, but he's got handcuffs on and the sheriff is there. And that smile and his eyes in that picture are freaking terrifying. There's something about them. They're just, yeah. There's you know, nothing, there's nothing behind them, but there's everything behind them. Everything that has been done is an extremely evil thing. Mm-hmm. What we look at and think of in our minds is, is extremely evil. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. No, I like that because, well, I, again, uh, the haunting of Ted Bundy episode, we absolutely focused on the very real possibility that t- that Ted. Uh, that a lot of things point to uh, that with him. Yeah. That Ted had that entity that he referred mm-hmm. to as the entity inside of him. Did Ed Gein have some sort of paranormal influence? Uh, oh, that's a good. Mm. I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's very intriguing to think about, Mike. Um, yeah. What would drive him to perform these just unbelievably grotesque medical experiments? Essentially, I mean, uh, I said essentially, um, essentially. That's a great thought, Mike. I don't know, man. I really yeah. don't know. Uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. We will yeah. never. <laughs> I don't know if I want to know, but I do. Yeah. I drive, yeah. you know, it, it will. If any sort of information, any sort of answer can bring any sort of comfort to victims or victims' families, you know, then more power to it. And again, that's why it's important to continue talking about people such, yeah. as, such as Ed Gein. But, well, you know Mike, what would really we, be. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. One last point. Sure. Is if you could get Ed Gein, John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, Richard Ramirez, and mm. the list goes on, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, get all of them together in one room, sit them around a table, and just sit behind one-way mirror glass and just listen to their how they what they talk about. Oh, good Lord. Just see what kind of conversations that comes up. Oh, Could you imagine that? Oh, my God. You know, that'd be a a fascinating movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And then they all escape. Mike, let's make a movie. They escape and and they just, just, they're like a band of brothers. (laughs) Mike, okay, let's, let's take out some loans. Let's put aside all of our funds. And let's focus all of our all of our uh, 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 creative abilities on the movie here. I'll play Richard Ramirez. <laughs> you can play Ed Gein. <laughs> yeah, no offense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and everyone else. Good lord. Well, Mike, what are your final thoughts on the butcher of Plainfield, Mister Ed Gein? This is again. This has been a blast, and I'm not saying that lightly. I know "blast" exactly, sounds like such yeah. a positive adjective. But it is so intriguing and fascinating to talk about. Do you have any final thoughts on Ed Gein, Mike? Uh, pure sickness. Pure. Yeah. I am going to put. I am going to attach the word evil onto it because. Okay. You know, just that picture, like I said, his face. I just see evil in that freaking face that he had. So you don't. You're not buying the insanity thing. Um. Or do you? I, I I do to a certain point, but so are uh, you? E- if you're insane, are you evil, or can you be both? Is what I'm saying. That's a good question too. Um, 
Because technically you aren't evil if you're insane and you commit these acts because he doesn't, yeah, you don't if, serve if, time in prison. If you're not, uh, if you weren't, uh, you know, capable of, of knowing that you're doing something wrong. I mean, uh, I just hate I don't know. that so much. I A hate lot of it. his stuff was so cold and calculated though. How can you sit there mm-hmm. for how many hours and hours and hours did he sit there sewing this stuff together, planning it out? Yeah. I mean, how can you not know what you're doing? How can you be insane that whole time? Yeah. You know, and uh, and so delicately and just precisely attaching these nipples together right. to make a belt. You're insane yeah. you when know, you're doing that. But, you know, if it, if in his mind it was no different than knitting a scarf, I mean, you know. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I get it. You know, the moment I said that, I was like, well, I can picture some listeners getting frustrated saying, you know, just because you're insane doesn't, you know, you, I'm like thinking of like the stereotypical like Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny cartoon or something like I was an, an insane person just literally like bouncing off the walls like wah, wah, right. wah, wah, in a straight Daffy jacket. Duck. Daffy Duck, you know, in a straight jacket, <laughs> you know, going nuts in un, unable to control themselves physically. And I, and I and I get that. I'm not trying to uh, compare the two or, con, or connect the two. Yeah, it's beyond our but, minds. But again, Mike, of, like you said, there was so much anyway. thought there was so much effort put into this and it's just, it's so difficult to conceive and comprehend. Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, you found a whole bathtub found of severed, found full of severed vulva and, and nipples and, you know, any number of other genitalia. Oh, I was insane when I did that. So don't, don't get mad at me. And if you, God forbid, start to really picture these events like, how can you even picture somebody cutting these pieces off of a body? Yeah. And, you know, you know, just getting the right cut and how much he wants cut off. There's a lot of thought going into that. There is. Oof. I'm not saying this lightly. He was putting it. He was being artistic with them. Oh, sure. He was being as creative yeah. as he could. He wanted to display these like they were just a precious piece of artwork. Yeah, and like he could wake up in the morning and go, let's see, which one of these faces should I wear today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. And the fact is, by the way, he's doing this when he's working as a handyman and babysitting kids and yeah. stuff, and so he's not exactly. insane when he's doing that? Right. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. We got to see if there's some interviews of him on, that have been taped. That's a good mm. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'd Either like- that or, or after this, I, I just got to, you know, the next episode that we do, <laughs> it's going to be on a Disney character. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Paranormal Pluto or something yeah, like that. There or, you uh, go. I, I know. I, I, uh, I get you, Mike. I get you. What ya. did Snow White really do with those, <laughs> with those dwarfs? Well, we know what happened to Grumpy. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Then. That's know. why he's grumpy. That's why he's grumpy. Right. right God exactly. damn it. What happens to me? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was a great grumpy. That was a good grumpy there. Mike. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, absolutely. We're running is, out of time. We are, and this has been um, utterly fascinating, intriguing, in grotesque and deplorable ways. That's for sure. Yeah. But this was our first dive into true crime. I think we did the pretty we did a pretty decent job. How about you? Well, let's uh, let's think that we did, but let's uh, yeah, let's also wait till we hear what the listeners right. Uh, <laughs> 
What do you guys think? What, what do you think of our yeah. first deep dive into true crime? Because yeah, if you want us to keep doing to, true crime, uh, let us know. I, this, I think it'd be, go over really well. I do too. I mean, it was enjoyable as sick and depraved as the content is. Uh, we had a good time. So if you guys enjoyed it, please let us know. We'll, we'll only get better. Uh, trust us. Yeah. We'll, we'll get better at that. But um, we've been saying that around. for years, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, come on now. We're, That's we're, okay. We're okay. We're up to like five listeners now, I think. Yeah, so don't start that again, though. Well, I could. I could. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. This has been episode something. I'm not even keeping track of the episodes anymore. I haven't for a yeah. while. But uh, Paranomaly Zone coming your way every week with brand new content. We hope you guys enjoy it. Again, give our Patreon page a shot. We know you will enjoy it. Mike. Thank you so much, my friend. Until next time, what do our paranormal pals and true crime listeners need to do? To the best of your ability, peace out.